Good ideas are like red wine. They need time in the cellar for refinement. Here's where I keep mine. Welcome to 55 Degrees. This is session two on my reflections about grief and what I'm learning about the Enneagram and how it is helping me process my marriage of nearly 30 years now that my wife has passed uh, seven months ago today. And I shared a little bit about how the Enneagram is helping me understand my type, which is helping me understand what are my core motivations and what were the core fears or the deepest fears that my motivations collided with in my wife's heart. We have very significant unresolved conflict up to the day she died. And I don't have any way of going back to resolve that. She's not around. We'll never be around, obviously. We can't go back and talk through things. So I'm left with this sense of what do I do now? And how do I how do I move forward with all of these unanswered questions? What will healing look like for me? Well, that's why the Enneagram has been helpful for me to review some of the major events of my marriage. Because now that I have insight into who I am as a type four, what some of my core motivations are, uh, it is it is significant in um, bringing healing to my heart and helping me look ahead now to see um, what will life look like or what can life look like for me in the days ahead. I'll start the story by talking about the very first marriage conference uh, she and I went to. Uh, we had been married uh, just a few months. We moved to Lincoln, Nebraska, and to start our new life together. And our church uh, had people sign up for a, a marriage conference, and so we thought that great opportunity. And uh, very first night, the keynote speaker, very first things out of his mouth were, "Men, we just don't get it, do we?" Our wives just have to put up with us and we're th- our thick-headedness. And boy, it's a wonder they just they hang in there with us. And he began, he proceeded to just browbeat every man in the conference, assuming that all the problems in a marriage were due to the man and his unawareness or his insensitivity. And basically, one of his solutions was men just go home and sweep more floors and change more diapers and do more dishes. And it was just an, a, a list of things to do, of behaviors to in order to be a better husband. That's the gross um, generalization of what I remember from that. And so as a young husband, newly newly married, I thought, okay, I'm going to do this right. And I began to develop patterns and habits and routines with my kids. And I'd come home and I'd hit the ground running and play with them and 
help them with homework. Uh, at the time, they were toddlers, so they didn't have homework. But help them play, help them get ready for bed. Uh, we did um, book reading every night, and Dad would read to the kids uh, nightly. That was a ritual that was not going to get um, overlooked or missed. So I, I just threw myself into this kind of uh, building new habits and new routines with my kids. But over time, there was still conflict in our marriage. And I thought back to this keynote speaker wondering, well, well what am I doing wrong now? And I knew in my heart that something wasn't right. I could tell in my spirit that there's there's anger that's starting to grow here that wasn't here before, and I don't think it's my fault. But as life goes on, kids get older, you just get buried with uh, parenthood and, and the intimacy of marriage sometimes can take a back seat. But it was in 1999 that I attended another conference. Uh, This was a conference for men. And the keynote speaker said something very, very different. And he said, men, if you have issues and struggles with your wife, it might be because your wife has a problem and it might not be you. You may not be the problem here. And that was the very first time I heard someone acknowledge that in a marriage, it's not just the man's fault. And I took that to heart and began to explore it. And so as a type four, I'm not afraid of conflict. I'm not afraid of understanding. I want to go deep. I want to know who you are. And I think that's one of my core strengths and the gifts that I bring is my vulnerability. I want you to know me. Thus, I want to know you as well. And so what I did as a result of that is I initiated a a round of marriage counseling, of which that was not well received by her. And now that I see, now that I understand My strength of wanting to be authentic, wanting to be vulnerable, wanting to know ran right up against her deepest fear of being vulnerable, of being found out, of being then rejected because you know too much about me. And so needless to say, that first round of counseling was not it was ugly. And I I began to expose something between us. And I wish I, I wish I knew then what I know now, but I'm not sure it would have changed things because I was still going to pursue knowing her heart and finding out who she was, and reaching for intimacy that I had longed for in our marriage. But time goes on after that, 
and we are both in a place where we are stagnant in life, in our faith, and I had been dreaming, as a four would do, of creating a place of community, conversation, and reflection, and that was in the form of a restaurant. And I, and I had that dream for a long time and, and we would talk about it. We would talk about what would it be like if we owned our own place of hospitality. So we finally decided we need something. And so we decided in 2004 that we would make a huge career change, left our work to pursue this dream that took two years to open, but this dream of opening a restaurant that was more than just a place for food. Well, uh, stress continued to mount. Uh, we both found ourselves unemployed in the summer of 2005. My father passed that summer, and the stress just got more and more intense. And so did the conflict. And uh, it was just not an easy, there's been few easy seasons in our, in our life. But we pressed through, and I think my ability to deal with hardship, I think as a four, not being afraid of pain, not being afraid of, of dealing with hardship and suffering, I believe that now, as I look back on it, that core strength of mine helped me push through a whole lot over nearly 30 years. Well, as soon as we got the restaurant opened, a, a major flip occurred. Now, her core motivation is stepping forward and allowed to, be, to flourish my deepest fear is being realized. Within a few weeks of opening our restaurant, I thought I had made the biggest mistake of my life because gone now is the dream. The baby is birthed, and now we have to nurture and raise the child. And for Karen, that was a dream come true. Finally, I have customers. Finally, I have something I can sink my teeth into. Finally, I have a place I can go to. It's not just this ethereal dream idea in your head. It is a real life place. And we had an interesting change of uh, a position at that point. And I started getting depressed, realizing that my dream is over. My dream has been realized. And now I've got to figure out how to, how to keep this thing alive. We did, and we worked the dance, even though the stress of that small business nearly took us down again. It required um, further counseling. Uh, this time, uh, pointing to a solution that we needed better communication, that our, our communication styles were, were off. And again, deep inside, I thought, I don't think that's really what we're struggling with here. 
I think it's far deeper than that. But you get buried by work, and then the the big disruption in the form of cancer. It was a disruption and it was an opportunity. It came in May of 2010. And I I call it an opportunity because what it did was it shifted our focus into survival. And we actually enjoyed a little bit more peacefulness in our marriage because we had a new common enemy together, and that was defeating cancer. And that was a strange reprieve during that time because I turned into a caregiver. And so gone is my yearning and drive to know and to to, uh, explore and to understand and fight for truth and honesty It's just simply now a matter of what's the next treatment, what's the next surgery, what's the next regimen that we've got to do. So it took our focus off of us and put it onto an external enemy that we both got to combat together. But after a few years of surgery, treatment, uh, therapy, the... uh, the cancer went into remission. And so now we don't have this intensity of fighting the disease and what came back. Exactly. The conflict reemerged because it had never been dealt with. It was still festering, even though we had been distracted from it for quite some time. The, Worst, though, happened in 2016, and it was certainly the worst for me because that's when our businesses began to crumble and um, we were going to have to close two of our restaurants eventually. But it was such a stressful time for me because uh, I, I could see it coming and I could see the crash ahead. And uh, it was so stressful that it put me in the hospital, uh, most likely what was a a panic attack at the time, but it it was taking such a toll. The stress of the marriage, the stress of the business, everything was just taking a toll on my body, and I wasn't sure I was going to make it. The thing about closing a business, going bankrupt, failing a a dream is... uh, With cancer, no one's mad at you, but in in closing a business, you've got a lot of people angry, and that, including my wife, and um, the threat that that posed for her sense of security, understandably, it just put me into a tailspin, and I wasn't sure I was going to survive. But something providential happened during that time. And it was just my little miracle. Um, My faith got renewed and I became a different person November 2016. Because that is when I was about to enter into 
the biggest loss of my life. And I had a vision at that time. And I, as I mentioned in the last session, I have dreams and visions all the time and have had so for years. And a dream is a, a story and a mental picture that's played out during sleep. For me, a vision is a same, very similar looking, feeling image and story, but I'm wide awake. And I had a vision at that time that Jesus came to the place where I was working and living and wanted to take me on a walk. So I left, went with him, and he took me on a long winding road up to where he lived, way up on a high hill, a place called the High City. And there we had a long conversation. And he said to me, you are about to enter into a battlefield of extreme loss and pain, but you will not die on that battlefield. In fact, you will emerge from it stronger than ever, and you will know the way back in, and you will bring many people out with you to freedom and to safety. That was the vision that I trusted and that is playing itself out to a T. Yes, I went through the worst sense of loss, lost everything I had, nearly lost my home, nearly lost my marriage, ultimately ended up losing my wife to cancer. But I'm not dying on that battlefield. And I'm emerging now with a new sense of hope. And that's why I share this story, because I guarantee somebody listening is hearing their story. You're hearing me play out your story and giving you validation to what you're experiencing, what you're struggling with. I'm not married anymore, but you are. And hopefully you can learn from what I'm growing in and and understanding now that I'm a widower, that there's still hope. And if marriage is graded upon the number of peaceful days that you experience, boy, mine was an utter failure because we had conflict all the time. But if understanding myself as a type four, one who longs for intimacy, yearns to be known, wants to be seen, willing to fight for that and go deeper, that's really what happened in our marriage. Even though we had a tremendous amount of conflict and, and much of it went unresolved up into her death, I can look back now and see, no, I fought for something beautiful. I fought for something great and wonderful. And I believe Providence put us together that a strong, strong woman needed a strong man in a way that was very different to what she knew as strength. And I stood for her and stood with her. And I fulfilled my vow, till death do us part. And I can hold that. And I'm proud of that. And I believe that's a part of my gift now to you, is my story now I can tell. 
and I can hopefully enter into it with some some of you and give you hope that whatever you're dealing with, whatever conflict, it that's not a sign of something bad. It's actually a sign that there's something worth fighting for. And I hope you'll keep hanging in there. And I'll keep hanging in here and turning these thoughts into words and post another one as soon as I get inspired. Thanks. Thanks.